Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. Call 877-499-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. So cancel the cable and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 877-499-MY-TV. Right now to sign up for packages starting as low as $24.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $24.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 877-499-MY-TV. That's 877-499-MY-TV. Cancel the cable, cut costs, and get more. Call now, 877-499-MY-TV. That's 877-499-MY-TV. Welcome, you're listening to Sports Econ 101. You know our show. It's where we discuss sports topics from a business perspective. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co-host, Bruce McGowan, longtime radio sports personality. Today's show is going to be very interesting. Who's our guest today? Well, we've got a talk show host. Uh, sports Talk Radio is a big deal. And, the, and when you do morning sports talk on uh, you know, the radio, you, you kind of have to mix it up a little bit with a little more entertainment because your audience is a little larger. So Brian Murphy, who is a local... Sports writer, worked with the San Francisco Chronicle for a number of years, has written a number of books, and now has made the transition to broadcasting. Uh, does mornings at KNBR, the all-sports 50,000-watt flamethrower, the sports leader of San Francisco. I used to work there. I was there 18 years. He's going to join us, and uh, we're going to talk to us some generic sports, some Olympic basketball and golf, and maybe a little baseball thrown in. All right. Yeah, KNBR is a very large uh venue. Oh, you can boy. hear it all over the yeah, place. Yeah, it's got a huge signal. Clear channel, 50,000 watts. 50,000 50, watts. Sounded like a million. <laughs> they used to say, 50,000 watts. Sounded like <laughs> Sounded a million. million. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, each commercial break, we're going to ask a miscellaneous sports trivia question where we're giving away vacations to the first email with the correct answer. The vacations are not sponsored by the radio station, but by Lighthouse Resort and Marina. And those vacations are free. Their only request is a $100 cleaning fee to cover the housekeeping expenses. Check them out at lighthouseresortmarina.com. And also go to Sports Econ 101 and click on the paintball icon for 85% off. Sounds good. It's good. These yeah. tickets, uh, instead of being like 30 bucks a piece, are only like $5 a piece. Sweet. And the venues are all around the country. So yeah, no matter like where you're located, just go on Sports Econ 101 and click on that paintball icon. All right, this segment of Sports Econ 101 is sponsored by Pacific Private Money, providing mortgage investments that are currently yielding over 8% secured by real estate. It don't get any more conservative than that. <laughs> you like my English? Yeah. I, t- I talk gooder sometimes than others. Yeah, there you go. Okay. All right, so uh, check them out at PacificPrivateMoney.com. And don't touch that dial because you're listening to Sports Econ 101. When we come back, we're going to have guest Brian Murphy on the phone.
This is Mark Honf, co-host of Mortgage Investing 101. Did you know that you can earn, year in and year out, returns of 8% and more on your savings and retirement accounts? Mortgage-backed investment strategies such as trustee investing and mortgage pool funds can do just that. Since 2008, clients of Pacific Private Money have consistently earned high yields on their investments. Find out for yourself how you, too, can profit from these real estate-secured investments. Call 415-883-2150 or visit our website at PacificPrivateMoney.com. Invest in some fun this season with this deal from Paintball Tickets. With the largest network of paintball fields in North America, Paintball Tickets is committed to bringing you high-intensity fun for a fraction of the cost. With the purchase of your paintball tickets, you'll receive free admission and equipment rentals to some of the most played-at paintball parks nationwide. And by partnering up with like-minded, safety-conscious paintball fields in thriving markets across the nation, we've ensured there's always a field close to home. These tickets, which can be purchased in bulk, are designed to fit the needs of every skill level, from casual observers to weekend warriors. This adrenaline-inducing sport is perfect for birthday parties, corporate team building, or a casual outing with friends. Make the right choice for your wallet. Get in on the fastest-growing action sport with this deal from Paintball Tickets by going to sportsecon101.com and clicking on the Play Paintball button. Pedro Fernandez here. You might know me as the host of Ring Talk Live Worldwide, but this time I'm here to talk about that four-letter word everybody dreads, pain. If you have back pain or knee pain like I do, hey, you should know about the Health Alert Hotline. I'm talking about if Medicare is your primary medical insurance, and guess what? You can qualify for a back or knee brace or a shoulder brace for little or no charge. Anything to help me with the pain, hey, makes it more manageable, gets my attention, folks. I love the free delivery, and they take care of the paperwork for you. So if you have Medicare and need help for your back, ankle, knee, or shoulder, guess what? Give the Health Alert Hotline a call toll-free, 1-800-428-1570. 1-800-428-1570. You can qualify for a back or knee brace or a shoulder brace for little or no charge. 1-800-428-1570. The Health Alert Hotline. 1-800-428-1570. From small victories at work to big anniversaries at home, every day brings something to celebrate. Hornblower makes your moments extra special with great food, five-star service, and the Bay Area's most spectacular scenery. Cruises depart from San Francisco, Berkeley, and five other California cities. And only Hornblower offers affordable, family-friendly options that include brunch, dinner, dancing, and cocktails. For birthdays, milestones, celebrate with Hornblower. What will you celebrate? Book your cruise today at 1-888-HORNBLOWER or hornblower.com. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Bruce, who do we have on the phone? Now, we got a friend of mine, a guy who's worked uh, for a number of years at KNBR, the all-sports radio station, the sports leader of San Francisco, my old home for 18 years, and a, and a guy who also has made a, a transition pretty seamlessly from working as a very fine sports writer to working as a broadcaster, although Brian Murphy still does write. He's written several books. And he joins us now. And, and Brian, I, I think that the prime topic this summer has been the Olympics. And uh, the U.S. team is, you know, maybe void of some of the huge names. Steph Curry's not there and LeBron James isn't there. But on paper, this looks like a fun team to watch. I don't think there's any chance that they're going to have any problem winning that gold. Yeah, U.S. Olympic basketball ever since 1992, as you as you know quite well, has been uh, just uh, sort of an exercise in dominance, you know, and, and how – 
how dominant and how star-studded the U.S. basketball team can be going all the way back to, you know, the old days when we used to win it all the time with our college kids and then the huge transition made after that 88 shame when we won bronze in Seoul, uh, South Korea. And it's like ever since then we've been sort of smashing a uh, uh, smashing an ant with a sledgehammer. You know, it kind of was kind of our sort of our response to the problem was there was a fly on the wall, so we got a flamethrower. You know, and well, so, don't you remember back in what was it seventy two when we lost to the Russians? Oh, oh my goodness, that was, was a wee terrible. lad then, but I certainly read about it as a young man, and that is uh, that is obviously one of the most iconic and epic uh, Olympic stories ever. I do believe. Those silver medals remain in a vault in yeah. Switzerland, right? Wow! Right? Did yeah, I, think not they, know that. I think they. I think they do. It was so hard yeah. watching that it, over and over again. About well, anyway, anyway, you have to go back to uh, looking at archives to to see what happened. Frank Gifford was the play by play announcer of all things for that. Uh, Is that right for that I gold medal? That, yeah, huh? for that game, and it was just a, it was a fleet a freak play. It was a long pass to a guy named Alexander Beloff, who somehow got behind the defense, took it in one motion, laid it in with about but, but half that's a, a second. But that's after we had won it twice. After they and, won and it they, twice. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, we've got to keep undoing this until, <laughs> until Russia wins. Hey, so much <laughs> talk, uh, so much talk Brian. Uh, right? Yeah, well, well I, I, don't, I don't think we'll have any of those problems is the short <laughs> answer to this whole question is that uh, the U.S. would be prohibitive favorites, even without yeah. Steph and LeBron, and, and obviously it centers around Kevin Durant, the new warrior, as the, uh, yeah. the best player on the team, and it flows from there. Well, the, you know, the, oh, excuse me for interrupting, but right. you know, they, there is a little bit of pressure on them though to make oh, sure yeah. that they dominate every team. Yeah, in a way, you well, know what gotta, I mean? It's gotta like win by thirty points yeah. or something. Don't you think, Brian? If they don't win convincingly, it's going to be sort of tainted in a way. There is that strange, bizarre uh, uh, pressure, quote unquote, to to not, to win every game by thirty. You know, and we, in fact, we were just talking about this today on on our show about are there any countries out there that can come within a toll call and. Theoretically, there are. I mean, you look at France is one name that comes to mind because they have a, a number of NBA players uh, led by Tony Parker of the San Antonio Spurs and Rudy Gobert of the Utah Jazz. So, uh, and then Lithuania has, uh, and I always have trouble pronouncing his name, Valanchunas. Val- 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 uh, anyway, tough players. Lithuania, France, Spain, of course, with uh, Marc Gasol and Pau Gasol, though one of them, I believe, is injured. So, uh, you look at different countries that have half a roster, but... It, like, for example, if you just take France, and I threw you, you know, Gobert and Boris Dia and Nick Batum and, and Tony Parker, those are fine four NBA players or four fine NBA players. Well, great. On the other side, I have 12 NBA All-Stars, essentially. <laughs> so, I mean, even, even, the teams, yeah. even the teams of the countries that are coming with a shred of NBA talent are going up against the best. Mm. best. And I, Harrison Barnes wasn't an All-Star, but he, he, the point is, is rather clear when – when Draymond Green and, and Kyrie Irving and, and Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson are on the court, so yeah. yeah, they have to perform. And I saw a quote from Draymond Green in the paper. He said, "We said we really we want to smash every team. So they sort of they sort of set the standard for themselves, and we'll see if they fill it." Now, it's uh, interesting you mentioned Draymond Green, but I want to get back to Kevin Durant. So much talk here in the Bay Area. Everybody's excited about having him come aboard to make a great team even better. But nationally, there's been a lot of uh, backlash for him leaving Oklahoma City. Kind of uh, at the just when they're about on the verge of, of maybe establishing something. What what's your read on it, uh, Brian? Because you cover local uh, sports, but you kind of got a good uh, view of what's happening nationally as far as Kevin Durant's going uh, is concerned. And, and what is he going to have to do to keep from you know uh, being sort of a, a villain, uh, so to speak, in the NBA? 
Well, I have to admit, I am quite surprised by the reaction. I really do admit this. I think, I mean, you know, obviously some of it is colored by my experiences in the Bay Area with the Warriors and knowing what a generally solid group of guys these are. I mean, we've all been around athletes and teams, Bruce, and, you know, we've been in locker rooms and we've been through, the, you know, some surly teams like the Barry Bonds Giants, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, for us to watch this Warriors rise under Steve Kerr and Steph Curry and that crew for two years, I think for the most part we've been wound by, A, not how good they are, not just how good they are, but, B, how much we've enjoyed interacting with all of them. They really have been a pleasant team to be around and a pleasant team to watch play basketball. I never once saw them as villains. Now, of course, anytime you win in America, the more you win, the more you put yourself in a bullseye, a la Tom Brady and the New England Patriots, a la LeBron James and kind of wherever he goes. But LeBron James going to Miami was a different deal entirely in the sense that he had these huge, this huge run-up, this television show, and then this dry ice and spotlight and um, a hydraulic press conference that he, in Miami where they promised all these championships. It was the height of arrogance. And not only that, he arranged with another guy, Chris Bosch, from Toronto. So it was a really orchestrated deal. Kevin Durant is, is one guy who's never really been a villain anywhere he's gone. He's always been considered a great guy. The only blip in his career was last year. He got a little cranky with the media at the All-Star game. But even then, was sort of understandable. He was defending some players or some teammates of his. So I've been really shocked to see that a guy like Kevin Durant, who's generally been viewed as a good soldier, a great player, and an interesting guy. Hell, his MVP speech when he uh, cried, thanking his mom. Remember the famous yeah. line, you the real MVP, was one of the most heartfelt. Spe- the only speech better was Michelle Obama at the Democratic <laughs> National Convention, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So uh, he he comes with all that baggage, or baggage is the wrong word. He comes with all that rep of being such a good guy, going to a team of guys who have been very likable, other than Draymond Green kicking people in the private parts. <laughs> that's the biggest sin the Warriors have committed. So that's by way of saying that, I am really surprised at the backlash on Kevin Durant and, and all that. I mean, it really, I have, I'm, I'm sort of still having trouble processing it. And I, he was a free agent. If he had gone to the Celtics, would this have been the... The same reaction if he had gone to the Spurs with this. I, you know what? Reaction? Honestly, I think I think it is because it's the whole idea of you're you're going away from a team that you know is kind of on the cusp of, of winning just so that you can try to win something. I mean, I I'm not feeling that obviously because as a Warrior fan, I'm very very happy and and he is a good guy. But I can kind of see the 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 rest of the country, especially in Oklahoma City, yeah. going, oh great, we got our best player just saying he wants to chase a ring. Yeah. I guess I think back to the only analogy, when Jason Giambi left a, a, a up-and-coming yeah. A's team that had kind of come out of nowhere, the Moneyball A's, and of course they weren't, we weren't calling them the Moneyball A's then, but you know that the, mm-hmm. the Oakland A's were kind of that low-budget team that had come out of nowhere and really threatened in oh, 2000 and 2001, and then he upped and left for the New York Yankees, and that, that was sort of that, the only thing I can kind of compare yeah. it to. He was, a, he was a lovable guy, Giambi, and... The A's were sort of a lovable team, and the Yankees, of course, are the big behemoth. But I don't see the Warriors as the Yankees in that analogy no. either. So, I mean, I guess I get it a little bit, but it's not like the Warriors have been some dynasty lording over the NBA for yeah, exactly. years. You exactly. know what I mean? Good point. Good point. <laughs> anyway, it's a, I'm surprised by it, but it's the reality now. And we're gonna, and he and the Warriors are going to have to deal with it. Brian Murphy from KNBR, All Sports Radio in San Francisco, joining us. You know, I've got to ask you, Brian, you love all sports, but I know when you were a sports writer with the Chronicle, your primary sport that you covered, and the one that you seem to love the most was golf. And I know that you're a terrific golf rider. Do you still follow the sport closely? Do you go to any of the big events? And what is it about golf that has always uh, captivated you? 
Well, that's a great question, Bruce. Thanks. I, I, I um, it is kind of because one time Marty Lurie, our mutual friend, who's of course the baseball host on KNBR on weekends, he said, he said to me because I knew him when he did the A's pre and post game, and Marty has that way about him of being very direct, kind of Brooklyn guy, and uh, and he said to me, he goes, "You're doing a good job with this golf thing." But it's a cult, Murph. It's a cult. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Hey, uh, Brian, Brian Murphy, stay with us. And by the way, when you say can, you got to say KNBR, the sports the leader. Sports yeah, we'll, talk, okay. we'll talk more about the golf in just a second. <laughs> just a second. Yeah, we yeah. got to cut to a break here. All right, so here's our first trivia question. And, Brian, the way that we do this, I'm going to ask the question. If you know the answer, don't say anything. You can answer when we come back from break, all right? We want to leave the uh, uh, audience in, in suspenders here. Okay, which professional athlete was voted MVP in his sport nine times during the 1980s? All right, the first email with the correct answer is going to win that free three-day, two-night stay at the Lighthouse Resort. Email edward at sportsecon101.com. The answer to that question, don't touch that dial because Sports Econ 101 will be right back. Tired of calls, levies, and liens from the IRS or hiring others who don't get the job done? Call Wall and Associates and you'll never talk to the IRS again. The IRS has a program to eliminate tax debt and Wall and Associates professionals are trained to maximize its benefits for you. You always speak with a live person with real support and real knowledge. We've helped thousands of taxpayers like you settle their tax debt with the IRS for a fraction of what they owe. We solve tax problems. Call Wall and Associates now. 800-480-5708. We have the professionals who know how to solve tax problems. If you owe money to the IRS, your tax problems are not going away by themselves, and the passage of time will only make matters worse. Act now before it's too late. Call Wall and Associates right now to speak to a professional tax relief agent. Call 800-480-5708. That's 800-480-5708. Again, 800-480-5708. Rebuild or replace transmission, $3,200. Anti-lock brake system, $1,000. Rebuild or replace engine, $2,400. Truth is, once your manufacturer's warranty runs out, it's all on you. Every last cent. Get protection for covered repairs with a vehicle service contract from Toco Warranty. Unlike other companies, with Toco, there's no down payment, and the monthly payments are really affordable. Not sure how long you're keeping your car? At Toco, you can pay as you go. Keep your hard-earned cash and call Toco Warranty right now at 800-222-2313 to save big money on covered auto repairs. Prices vary by vehicle, but for about the cost of a tank of gas per month, a Toco plan has your back on expensive covered car repairs. Monthly payments are very affordable. Get your free quote now. Call Toco at 800-222-2313. That's 800-222-2313. 800-222-2313. Cancellation fee may apply. Subject to eligibility. Not available in Missouri and Washington. Waiting period and deductible apply. Coverage provided and administered by Warrantech Corporation or its affiliates. Not affiliated with any manufacturer or dealership. Visit tocowarranty.com for complete terms and conditions. This family is at home, but they won't be answering the door. They know that the pounding on the door is a process server from the court waiting to hand them foreclosure documents. So instead of enjoying the home they worked so hard to afford, they sit hiding in the dark. Mom, what was that? But it doesn't have to be this way. This family can save their home, but they must act fast. Call Allied State Foreclosure Solutions at 800-274-7312. If you're being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, missed a payment on your mortgage, been a victim of a predatory loan, or are upside down on your home, it's critical that you call Allied State Foreclosure Solutions now. 800-274-7312. Allied State Foreclosure Solutions has an attorney in your area that will meet and speak with you. You can stop the foreclosure 
foreclosure process, lower your monthly mortgage payments, save your home and your credit. But you must act now. Call 800-274-7312. 800-274-7312. Not available in all states. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Here is our first trivia question. Which professional athlete was voted MVP uh, in his sport nine times during the 1980s? Well, I know that answer, but I'm going to let Brian uh, take a shot at it. Well, it's kind of funny because we went to break talking about my sport that's a cult, and that sport is golf. And I've always thought of this sport a little bit as a cult for Californians, and it's hockey. Oh, I yeah. think I think it's Wayne Gretzky. It is. Yeah. I, I mean, nine right, times in right. the 1980s. That's nine pretty much, times. That's almost yeah. every 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 yeah. year. Yeah. Wow. I was that, 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 uh, that, guys. I think of that Sports Illustrated cover at the end of '89, '90. It said they dominated the '80s, and it was three faces. It was Joe Montana, Magic Johnson, and Wayne Gretzky. Never forget I that, that one. Yeah, I remember that. So, uh, so Gretzky. Yeah. I think basically, anytime you hear a, a record, a question. Where the record is like outlandish, you mm. you have two guesses. It's either Babe Ruth or Wayne Gretzky, <laughs> or, or Muhammad Ali. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you're talking about uh, golf. Uh, yeah, hockey. Uh, as a native Californian, uh, oh, yeah. I, uh, hockey has never been in my blood, yeah, and um, it's always been an uphill slog to try to grasp it and understand yeah, it. You have to grow so, up uh, with it. Yeah, you <laughs> have to grow up with it. But we were we were talking earlier about golf, and, and the you know, is there any? possibility that Tiger Woods is going to come back and, and be competitive again. It just seems like he's he's lost whatever edge he had because of physical deterioration. Maybe he doesn't have... Or women. Well, there's a lot of reasons why. I mean, you, you, you're a lot closer to the sport than I am, and, and Edward, what's your take on why Tiger dropped off the radar so precipitously? So, so what, how much time we got? We got, <laughs> I mean, we got a week. I, it is really so, seriously one of it's a story that we're in the midst of right now, and I think in a way we haven't even wrapped our minds around the enormity of the fall from grace for Tiger Woods. You can, I don't think you, could, you can overstate it because you could really make an argument that he's the greatest winner maybe in the history of American sports. I know I open myself to argument. Uh, our mutual friend Bruce Jenkins once said to me, no way, Bill Russell with Olympic gold and NBA gold and NC2A gold and all that. Mm. And other golf people would say, what are you even talking about? Jack Nicklaus has more majors than Tiger does. But if you talk about what they call, I mean, they, a, sport, a, stat, a stat they never talk about in golf is win percentage. Mm. And that is just the amount of winning the amount of events you've entered in. And Tiger's is Staggering! What is it? It is so good. Oh, I don't know. I don't even know the number because it changes all the time. <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, again, it's just an obscure number. It's something that people don't even really talk about. Sure. It was once figured out by a fellow, a colleague of mine, and he won something like twenty to five to thirty percent of the tournaments wow. entered, and that's higher than anybody ever. Well, well, the other thing, he, Brian, is he the was fact the greatest that greatest winner I ever saw. But yeah. guys, his, the reasons for his fall are just so are so stunning, yeah. and I mean, it's. It's hard to describe. It's physical and it's mental. And, and the short answer to your question is, no, I don't think he'll ever come back. I believed it for a long while, and now I finally, I finally believe that he will never come back to that. I'm not sure if he'll ever – I mean, I think he will play competitive golf again, but never – not never the same again. level. He'll never win another major. Well, so. well, you know, the interesting thing, you know, no, no offense to Bill Russell, but that's a team sport. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tiger Woods. Well, I mean, you got to do it all on your own. Argument, you know, it's just it's a fun barstool argument to throw out there because uh, you could talk about you know individual, uh, you know, I don't know, Al Order throwing the discus in the Olympics. You know, Mark Spitz, Michael Phelps. 
you know, you can talk about all sorts of different. Bob Beeman. Hey, one name that yeah, always yeah. comes to mind is uh, Rocky Marciano, who I don't yeah. think was ever defeated. No, in, he was, he was undefeated. Yeah. yeah. So. Right. See what I mean? It's a good barstool argument already. Yeah, but those guys back then were wussies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Brian Murphy is the kind of a guy you'd want to sit next to in the bar because he's so enthusiastic and so positive about sports. And you have to be that way. Anybody who has worked in morning drive radio knows that <laughs> the energy level has to be there. And it's not easy to summon up those reserves when it's 3.30 in the morning and you're getting up at 3 o'clock and you're, you're having a, you know, a cup of coffee, you're bleary-eyed. You know, and, 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 excuse me, uh, you get these crazy callers calling in. Well, sometimes. Well, it's funny. Yeah. You're like salty, right, from yeah. calling in. He salty ball today, actually, with another oh, rant. Well, yeah, thanks, Bruce, for that comment. I appreciate it. It is, I have to say, um, it's definitely a different deal uh, waking up every single morning now and having to answer that bell. But you have, first of all, it's your job. You have to. you got to put food on your kid's table, you know, so you got to provide... But I've always kind of been able to summon up whatever, for whatever reason. I've always had a lot of energy, and uh, my, I asked my grade school teachers. I used to get caught talking in school a lot. So <laughs> some would call it uh, just being a motor mouth, and others would say, "Oh, he has good morning radio energy." So, well, you know, uh, but, <laughs> coming from from uh, the print business, which has been going through some some major overhaul and, and, and a lot of consolidation. I mean, you made that transition fairly seamlessly. I know you love to still write. But did was it a difficult choice when you had to say, okay, uh, I'm going to get out of this this field that I've been involved with from the time I've been in high school to suddenly doing something that I I kind of like and I'm not too bad at, but I'm this is not what I had signed up for originally. Yeah, it was an extremely difficult choice, but this it really was, and there were a number of factors that went into it. Among them, you know, trying to start a family and getting off yeah. the road and uh, trying to make a little bit more dough in this very expensive Bay Area and. Uh, having a chance to kind of do something totally different and take a leap of faith. And I actually thought I could do both for a long, long time, too. And finally, the Chronicles said, no, you can't do both. And then they were right in, in the end. And, 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 and in your intro, you said, I do still write. And I do. I do still try to write. And I did a Yahoo golf call all the way up through last year. And I had to finally retire that because of youth coaching and being a daddy and all that stuff. But I do hope to continue to write. And, you know, our KMBR.com website has me writing a couple columns a week, et cetera. But hopefully a couple more books down the road because writing has always been my first love. What? And I still love it. I'm last guy. You and I, Bruce, last guys to get a newspaper and read it. Yeah. Well, you know, it's <laughs> so funny. I, I, I published a bunch of articles, uh, mostly in the 80s. They used to pay me $1,000 an article. For oh for for in uh, wow. doing some financial. Well, let me articles. tell you what, KMBR.com is not paying that. No, I know. I, I well, literally, the last few years, I, I had to donate articles uh. to to various uh, financial publications. What? That's yeah. sad. I mean, yeah. I think it's yeah. a real loss when I, yeah. I it's, the, the joy of a sports page is a tremendous, profound joy, and I think the kids who are growing up and even adults who are just settling for what they get on their phone no. are missing out on the on the true spiritual experience of a of a morning sit with a sports fan. I could not That's agree it. with you more. It's yeah. part of my ritual. I get up in the morning, I have my coffee and toast, and sit there and read the, the sporting green from cover to cover. It's still a pretty good paper. Still Lick got your some... fingers and turn the page. Yeah, right? turn the page. You know, it's interesting. Brian and I actually uh, unwittingly collaborated. I, I was in a much more modest role. I did a, a CD which had a lot of old highlights and, and little stories, and Brian wrote the text Great. for this wonderful book about the Giants' first 50 years, which, you know, how do you, how do, you do that? And also with the limited amount of space, because they wanted to have more uh, photos and, and, and kind yeah, of, uh, yeah. you know, the sideline things that are going to attract people's attention. How do you figure out which stories to tell? Because there's so many uh, good ones. Yeah, that's yeah. a great question. That was a difficult one. Who knows if you did tell the right ones? I don't know if I did. Like, <laughs> so obviously, uh, you, try to, you try to think of the major things that happened throughout the history of the, uh, and then try to build around that, you know, make sure you talk to the principal people. And obviously, Willie Mays would be 
be top of that list, and Willie McCovey would be right behind him. Well, as long as you didn't get sued, you did it well. <laughs> well, it was, it was more of a joyful remembrance than it was a scandalous tell-all, is what it was. <laughs> but Bruce's CD was awesome. He minimizes his role. The, the audio, as we all know, the as we're, hell we're doing radio right now, but, but the uh, radio and baseball is one of the great combinations in the history of American culture, so... Uh, oh, Bruce's sure. co- uh, collection of those highlights is truly, truly, truly valuable. Well, and of course, Willie Mays is such a big part of that. What was it like dealing with Willie Mays? Because we've known him for a while, but you know he can be a bit standoffish. But uh, yeah, did, did he yeah. let his hair down you with know, you? you know, especially with me, I didn't know him. I mean, you know, guys like uh, you know uh, Bob Stevens who were around for those the, the guy who used to cover the, the you know the Giants back in the fifties and sixties, and you know, so I had the disadvantage of being totally of a generation he didn't know and understand. So he was certainly guarded in some ways and. I understand it. I get it. He spent his whole life, you know. I always think about, guys, I always think about the racial implications, too, of a guy who grew up in the segregated South playing in the Negro Leagues for the Birmingham Black Barons being suspicious of the white media. I do understand it, if it's the predominantly white media. And I understand he kind of passed that on to Bobby Bonds and even down to Barry Bonds in some ways. So, so I get it. You know, I understood. I didn't expect him to be my best friend, but he donated his time generously. And, uh, has been, you know, I had a really neat experience with him recently. Millville Little League, where I live, Bruce, you know, you're a Marin guy. Um, we, we had a tribute to the Negro Leagues this year. We had the president of the Negro League Baseball Museum from Kansas City fly out and speak to the kids. And we brought him by AT&T Park and met with Willie Mays, who, I, like I said, was a Birmingham black man. And I saw a whole different side of Willie. Because I got alone with Willie and my friend Bob Kendrick, president of the Negro Leagues, and Willie glowed with him. He was warm and joyful. Sweet. That, that say hey voice you hear that giggle and the, <laughs> that high pitched laugh. <laughs> really, 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 really lucky to be a fly on the wall for that. Uh, you know that's the great thing about the the personalities. I think we don't realize that when we first get into broadcasting or writing, as we get to know these people individually. I remember the first time I met Ken Griffey Jr. He was a nineteen twenty year old kid, and you remember Tiny Felder who yeah, played sure. for the Giants and is a, a Bay Area native who was now with uh, at that time with Seattle had been with the Giants. Introduced me to him. So his uh, Ken Griffey. Jr. Junior's dad was very, very distrustful of the media, and and as you mentioned, Brian, Brian Murphy, our guest, how Barry Bonds sort of took on his dad's distrustful demeanor towards the media, and, and Ken was like that too. But because Tiny brokered a, a sort of a, an opening for me, uh, I never had any problem, and always was able to sit down with him over the years and have a nice conversation. So it really makes a difference. You, you mentioned your relationship with the Negro League Museum and how that kind of helped get you in a little bit better with Willie Mays. So you kind of have to. You kind of have to feel people out a little bit here in this in this profession. And how old is the guy who is the president of the Negro League? Well, he's, he's the, a, I mean, he's, he's kind of a, uh, you know, he's a, he's a man who who got involved with Buck O'Neill back in the back wow. in the old days, and uh, or not in the old days, just in the two thousands, and then he wound up um, kind of getting stewardship of it. So I'd say he's in his early fifties. Well, two yeah. thousands oh, okay. are, are the old days now, aren't they? Though yeah, that's a, that's a, that's kind of a scary right, thing. Yeah. Well, you know, and another thing that you've done that I've really enjoyed is that. Um, you listen to Brian on the air, and he's very enthusiastic. He's very energetic. He's very positive. And there's so much um, sarcasm and, and negativity in broadcasting. And it's, not, it's true. It happens in radio, too. It's part of the entertainment package. But you've managed to stay away from that for the, for the most part and, and maintain your integrity and attract a good audience, which is not an easy thing to do. How do you, how do, how do you keep that uh, going? Because sometimes a lot of us who work in the profession sort of sell out and, and go the easy route, which is to criticize and to you know, uh, characterize people unfairly. And, and, and I've never seen that or heard that from you. Good. Yeah. Brian, we have to, unfortunately, we have to cut to a break, and I know you've got to go pick up your son. So we're, <laughs> we're going to thank you very much for joining us on Sports Econ 101. 
Okay. Okay, guys. Great talking to you, Brian. Okay. Yeah. We'll ask the question when we come back. (laughs) Stay with us. Sports Econ 101. We'll be right back. The Camellia Inn in Healdsburg is a blend of vintage charm and modern luxury amenities. The Camellia Inn is a peaceful place for your next visit to California's wine country. Set in the quiet charm of Healdsburg, our bed and breakfast features rooms that are beautifully appointed to make your stay comfortable and welcoming. Enjoy the villa-style swimming pool after hiking or wine tasting, and then enjoy the spa at the Camellia Inn that was created to enhance your memorable experience of luxurious relaxation and retreat to high-quality mattresses, and luxurious linens for a good night's sleep, and when you awake, a sumptuous in-prepared breakfast awaits you. Call the Camellia Inn at 707-433-8182 or visit CamelliaInn.com. That's C-A-M-E-L-L-I-A-N.com. Again, 707-433-8182. How would you like to earn over 8% per year in your investment portfolio in a conservative investment that has been considered one of the best-kept secrets in investing? At Pacific Private Money, we are actually paying over 8%. Imagine what a mutual fund of low loan-to-value mortgages would look like. Well, that is very similar to what participating in the Pacific Private Money Fund is like, because we own many loans in the fund that are actually less than 60% loan-to-value. It would be extremely difficult to find an investment that yields over 8% with this much collateral. We pay you monthly. Can you imagine earning more in one month than most banks are paying in one year? Of course you have questions about how we can deliver this. So call Pacific Private Money at 415-883-2150 and we will answer all of your questions. You can also visit us at pacificmoneyfund.com. Hi, Sports Econ 101 listeners. I'm Edward Brown. You know me as the host of the show, but you may not know that I work with individuals getting them the least expensive term life insurance policies around. Don't be fooled by the ads you hear on TV and radio. It's always best to work with someone who's completely independent. That's where I come in. If you email me at edward at sportsecon101.com your name, your age, and how much insurance you want, I'll run the numbers through my software program and let you know the least expensive policy around from among many of the top insurance companies. Again, I'm totally independent, so email edward at sportsecon101.com for your free life insurance quote today. Why pay more for life insurance than you need to? I can get you a guaranteed policy where the low premiums are fixed anywhere from 10 to 35 years. So email edward at sportsecon101.com right now for your free life insurance quote. That's edward at sportsecon101.com. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Edward Brown here along with Bruce McGowan. And we didn't get a chance to answer, uh, ask the trivia question, so we're okay. going to ask it right now. Sure. Name four popular sports that begin with the letter W. Hmm. Four and, popular sports. And while you're thinking about that, okay. uh, we'll still allow people to email Edward at sportsecon101.com the answer. And the first email with the correct answer is going to win the free three-day, two-night stay at the Lighthouse Resort. And uh, 
Bruce is writing right now. So what are you what are you writing? Well, wrestling. Wrestling. That's one of them. Water polo. Water polo is one of them. Um, weightlifting. Weightlifting. Very good. Yeah. And what's the last one? Uh, it's, it's. I don't know if it's really considered competitive though. Okay. Eh, maybe. Something like curling. Well, curling's no, but you should know it because you play in the water a lot. Ah, is it a? It's a water game. Uh, it's in the water. Definitely in the water. Something to do with uh, oh wait wave wave surfing no. or wave windsurfing 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 there you go. which is very popular by the way in Maui on the North Island. There's a place called Hukipa. I've done a lot of surfing there. In the morning, the surf is very good. In the afternoon, the wind kicks up. The surf is not as good, but it's terrific. For windsurfing. Yeah, I've seen these guys with the kite, oh, kite surfing and stuff. They're getting it's scary. It's amazing. Well, I was out surfing today, and it was small, but there were a lot of guys in the water here in Northern California. You wouldn't think that because we get sharks, we get cold water, but it's amazing how the sport has is, is grown. When are you going to enter the Mavericks? No, no. I'm, I'm way past that. I never was. That's <laughs> a special, that, that is a special kind of a unique um, sort of a focus. You have to be... Not only a great surfer, but you have to be a little unhinged to do that. I mean, you're talking about 50-foot surf. And if you get buried by one of those waves, you know, you can get killed. And it has happened. There was a guy named Mark Fu about 22 years ago oh, yeah. who was killed. And he was one of the best big wave riders. And the wave that killed him really wasn't that big. But it, what apparently happened was he got knocked out by his board. And so he was unconscious oh. underwater. And did not, uh, nobody saw well, him. You do it with a hand ski. Well, I body surf, which is yeah. different. I use fins, I use a hand ski, and it's a lot, of, it's, it's a purer form of wave riding. It, there's nothing between you and the water. And uh, to me, it's the greatest uh, thing. Uh, today, I was feeling really uptight and nervous and on edge about a bunch of things, and I got in the water within 20 minutes. I just kind of got in. in I know Zen. It's, uh, well, it is. It's, yeah. it's the motion of the water. It's the sound of the waves. It's the feeling of this incredible ocean, which has a power, w- which takes you in its embrace, and you embrace it. And the thing about the ocean is it's always going to be more powerful. So the best way to, to enjoy it is to get in tandem with it. And that's not easy to do. Now, you do it with uh, fins also. Oh, that, you have that, to have that, fins. That, I was going to say, that really helps. You have to have fins. Yeah. If, I mean, if you're just you Stay kidding, ahead of it, right? Yeah, yeah. if you're just... Fiddling around in, in, in shallow water, in, in uh, you know, waist-deep water or, or neck-deep water. But I go out, you know, in 10, 10, 12 feet. It depends on where the break is happening. Uh, the place I go now, which I go a lot in Marin County, it's usually about 7 feet deep. You want the water to be deep, though, because when the wave breaks and if it buries you, you don't want to hit the bottom of the, of the, of the ocean. You don't want to hit the sand. Yeah, but I, I want to be able to touch the – I want to touch the bottom at all times. Well, so. then you're not going to be able to find too many places like that unless you go to Southern California or Hawaii. Uh, here in Northern you, California, there are just not that many places. There are a few. Stinson and you, Beach. And do you wear a full wetsuit? Or? I do. I do wear yeah. a full wetsuit uh, because you need it. The water temperature rarely gets over 60 here in Northern California. And we do have sharks, but uh, there have only been, I think, seven attacks in the last 50 years and one fatality. So your chances of even – I've seen one shark. Actually, I saw one. I didn't see it, but I heard about it. I was outside when it uh, – out of the water, just getting out of the water when it – Breached a little eight foot, and I say a little, an eight foot baby white wow. breached with a, with a uh, salmon in its mouth. Oh wow! And you know the thing is, they're not aggressive. Uh, they don't have to be. They're the wolves of the ocean. Um, so there's so much for them to eat out there. They're sea lions. They're uh, seals. They're other fish. Why would they want to go after something skinny in a wetsuit that tastes like rubber? 
Not very well, often. Well, that, yeah, that's right. They, they don't like the they, no. they bite into it and then they'll no. let go because they don't like the They're taste. They're not like the movie Jaws where you had this relentlessly aggressive creature that was gargantuan-sized and would eat people up in one bite. That's not what a great white shark is all about. Yeah, also, uh, why would they come in shallow water if they don't have to? They don't have to. to get, and, uh, and That's the worst thing for them is get, to get beached. Well, and not to get off on a tangent yeah. about this, but oceanographers have now been able to tag great white sharks and have found about out about their migratory patterns. For instance, in the wintertime, they leave the Bay Area and California, and a lot of them head out to a place about halfway between here and Hawaii, which is about 1,500 uh, miles out, and they go down to levels of sometimes over a mile deep because they have these incredibly thick, hard skins that are made of, it's almost like, um, uh, you know, the material between your joints, uh, cartilage, and they can survive under intense pressure, and that's where they apparently mate and you know meet other sharks because they're pretty lone creatures, most of them. But they've only been able to learn this in the last ten or twelve years. What I think is kind of fascinating about that is I, I saw I think it was a movie Blackfish uh-huh. where they were talking about the fact of uh, killer whales and right. how you know they what if you don't know any better like I didn't know any better I would just think okay one killer whale another killer whale doesn't matter whether they're one part of the world or another. But it's just like us, people in France speak French and people in Germany speak German. And killer whales don't necessarily have the same language unless they are in the same pod. Well, that's, or, and that's a different, uh, different creature entirely. That's a mammal. They're very intelligent. Uh, we don't know how intelligent sharks are. They don't appear to be that uh, particularly bright. And they're the closest thing really to uh, you know, ancient uh, dinosaurs. From the Jurassic period or the Triassic period or whatever it was, um, they haven't changed for thousands of years. You know, whales are amazing. I've seen. I've been out in the water when a, a, a couple of whales have gone by. A, a pilot whale one time, a, a an orca, and it's it's an awesome spectacle to see this incredibly huge creature just suddenly <laughs> breach the water. It makes you realize, and makes you very humble. humble yeah, <laughs> yeah. When you're in the water, you you kind of you know you're you're. Uh, heart goes in your mouth there just for a second. Well, you know, it's kind of funny. And I'm, and I'm not any big macho type guy, but I got to say that um, when we've had shark sightings uh, down back here at Stinson Beach. Sure. And I've gone in the water. And, uh, you know, what I've done, and again, I don't go in uh, below, you know, my neck. I want to be able to touch the <laughs> well, to that's, touch a, it, right? that's a normal feeling. You but know? the thing yeah. is, you know, some of these sharks sometimes will get in shallow water. Sure they you will. Know. Yeah. So I literally have made a fist and I'm looking in the water <laughs> and anything that's going to get close to me that's I mean I, I figure I just hit it hard on the nose you know and hopefully yeah. it don't break my skin so I bleed right. and and you know they'll go away that happened actually to a kid about 15 18 years ago at Stinson Beach he was on a boogie board the shark grabbed a hold of him wasn't biting down but was just holding him and huh. the kid uh you know just he was about 16 year old just started pounding on the shark in the face and the eyes finally yeah. hit him in the eye and the shark let him go, and he had a lot of stitches and had to go in for some surgery, but it was luckily not uh, life-threatening. He didn't uh, have any uh, veins that were cut, and it, but it had to be traumatic. I mean, can you imagine sure. being in the, in the grip and looking into the face of this? It's almost like a prehistoric monster is trying to eat you. Yeah. I mean, it's... So it's how sharp those teeth Talk teeth about are. the most primal yeah. fear. Yeah. You know, so... You temper when you go in the water the idea that that's a possibility. But I always worry more about the size of the waves, uh, getting pulled out by a really strong current, um, yeah. you know, just not having enough energy to swim back in. 
Have, 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 you had, ever, have you ever gotten pulled out? Oh, many times. What, what you do with, with, a, with a, uh, a rip current, and anybody who has been yeah. in the water knows about these, they're, they're really sort of like channels of, of water, almost like rivers, that have to find a way back out. There's too much water close to shore, so they're just funneling in the deepest channel. And if you get caught in one, the best thing to do is to swim across it. In other words, swim parallel to the shore, and it's like swimming across a river, and eventually you'll get out of it. Not always, but usually you will. Yeah, I remember uh, my son and I were in Hawaii, and, and he, he was literally very close to purposely jumping off about a 60-foot cliff. Wow. And, you know, because he loves doing stuff like that. Sure. And uh, I, I looked at it, and I said, Christian, those waves down below are really strong. Yeah. I said, you'd have to go, and I, I pointed out, I said, you're going to have to swim about a mile mm. straight out yeah. in order to cl- to clear Tom the break. Clear. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah, and probably, I said, yeah. And I said, I tell you, I go, if you dive, if you jump, I go, I'm not going in after you. There's no reason for two of us to die. <laughs> That's true. Well, you know, I think you have to, like in any sport, whether it's extreme mountaineering or going down a river or slot canyon climbing where they go in between these narrow spots in the rocks, you have to, it's almost like you have to go into a zen mode. And I think that actually relaxes the human mind. As I yeah. said before, I find it therapeutic. It's... Uh, I'm in a much better mood. My wife knows that I'm a much happier guy. My daughter knows I'm much easier to be around when I've been in the water. And so she never, ever tells me, you can't go in the water. I think maybe once she said, we have plans today. <laughs> you know, if I have to go in the water, I go in the water. It's, it's my uh, religion, I guess you could say. And, well, and if you come home cranky, she just draws a bath for you and you're back in the water again. <laughs> back in the water again. That can help a little, too. Okay, so moving on to a little yeah. bit of other sports, sure. baseball. Uh, so what's the deal with this guy, Chris Sale? Um, he decides he, he, the uniform, the throwback uniform is uncomfortable. I, and so something he like that. I, you know, he just popped, ripping it to shreds. I don't know. I mean, he just, uh, you know, went off on a, on a tangent there and that's a nice way of putting it and and apparently cut up all the uniforms and was (laughs) suspended for five games now he's on the trading block it's really a sad story the white Sox were one of the great stories for the first month or so of baseball they had the best record but they've come crashing back down to earth as have a number of teams that happens during the course of a long season i don't know what the problems are between him and the front office but i get the feeling there is some enmity there edward between chris sale and the front office again i know nothing about the specifics but obviously, um, he's very upset uh, about something. <laughs> Otherwise, he wouldn't have done well, what he suppo- did. Supposedly, what I heard was, uh, or what I read, I guess is better, that he was upset because the uniform was uncomfortable, and, uh, and for him to have to pitch in that uniform, he wasn't going to be at his best. Well, they were the old-style uniforms yeah. with the high collars from the early 19th century, and you know, yeah. and maybe he had a point, but... There's a there's a way to deal with that. Uh, it's called <laughs> diplomacy, and uh, you know you you talk about it ahead of time and 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 make some adjustments. Maybe they could have made some adjustments to that uniform. Yeah, they didn't. Exactly. He went off on a tangent, ripped them up or cut them up with a scissors. I'm not sure exactly what. And then there were some other issues involved, but he is not in good with management. They suspended him for five games. It sounds like maybe there's some things going on behind the scenes between him and the. And the club, maybe he's having some personal problems. I don't know the yeah. specifics, but it's it's a bad it's a bad deal. I mean, you got to think that baseball is still a business. He oh, yeah. is an employee yes. of the club, and you just don't go into your employer and just start destroying equipment. No, it's just not a smart thing to do. You know, it's it's fascinating. There are a lot of characters in baseball, a lot of personalities, and some of them. Uh, I remember dealing with a guy named Albert Bell, who was a oh, terrific yeah. hitter, but one of the most recalcitrant, unpleasant individuals I'd ever met. And I remember one time, I figured, okay, what, let's try to get him to talk. 
So I went up to him and asked him a question. He sort of mumbled something. I didn't hear it. So I asked the question again, and he mumbled a little bit louder. And again, I couldn't make it out because <laughs> he was either not interested in telling me face-to-face or just, you know, that was, that was how he communicated. Finally, I asked him a third time. He looked up at me with this hateful stare, and he said, What part of no don't you understand? I said, well, I didn't even hear the word no. Hello. That's, no, the, wait, no, that's did, the most unfortunate word in the human, in the human language, isn't it? The English language. N-O. So I, I kind of laughed. I, you know, I kind of laughed, and he sort of chuckled, too. Because then I thought, well, hey, that's a good sign. The guy's got a little bit of a sense of humor. Yeah. That's a good thing. You know? uh, there have been some other athletes like that. Kirk Gibson uh, cursed yeah. me out a number of times. I never was able to get along with him. And I didn't realize he had some demons that he was dealing with off the field. He handled them very well, to his credit. But he was not a pleasant individual. Um, there are some other other players too. I remember Chris Chambliss and Pete Vukovic were very nice guys, but extremely shy. Both huh. guys, when I interviewed them, looked away the entire time to the other side of the room. Wow! But they, they I was able to get the mic close enough, so I was able to ask them the question. But they never made eye contact, and they were huh. very nervous. So and, it was strange. And did you use the word reclusin? Oh, I just said recalcitrant. Somebody who is what just, is that? Well, it's somebody who just is, you know, impervious to change and doesn't want to have anything to do with you and is, is unpleasant and, wow. you know, f- always I, kind of at odds with people. Six years of high school, I never heard that word. Yeah, you're supposed to use the human language in radio. I, I, I stand accused. I sometimes I try never to. Unless I know exactly what that word means, and I hope I've used that properly. Well, I should have spent three more years in high school. Okay. (laughs) Which three Major League Baseball players hit the most home runs during the decade of the 1990s? Oh, good question. All right. Stay with us. You're listening to Sports Econ 101. We're going to come back with some closing comments. Are you a business owner or an individual who owes the IRS? Then be prepared to write down an important phone number. Do you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes? Do you need to file back tax returns? Are you dealing with bank levies and wage garnishments? It's time to deal with your IRS problem today. Call Certified Tax Tax Representation now. Certified Tax Tax Representation, Inc. represents clients just like you in all 50 states. They will contact the IRS on your behalf the same day that you become a client, and you can become a client immediately. It's time for you to face your IRS problems. Think about how great you're going to feel when you're represented by a company who's an advocate for you, who knows the law, who also will contact the IRS the same day you become a client. Call today for your free, no obligation consultation. Call now, 1-800-999-1064. That's 1-800-999-1064. Not all cases are typical and some may not qualify. The consultation is free and so is the call, so call right now. 1-800-999-1064. That's 1-800-999-1064. Are you an inventor who would like to try to have an invention or idea patented and submitted to companies? But you don't know what to do next. Call for free information from InventHelp. InventHelp, a leading inventor service company, has been helping inventors since 1984 and has sales offices located in more than 60 cities nationwide. You'll want to talk to the company that has helped secure more than 7,000 invention patents. So call InventHelp. Even if you have an idea for improving an existing product and don't know where to go with it, you'll still want to call InventHelp for free information. 
You'll find out how InventHelp may assist you in trying to patent your invention and submit it to companies. So call now. Call InventHelp at 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. Get your free information by dialing 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. 1-800-316-1738. When you struggle with credit card bills every month, you're not just in debt. Debt is all around you. I see people every day that are on the brink. They're going to go over the edge, and at the bottom is bankruptcy, and we pull them back. At the Debt Helpline, we're experts at helping you resolve your debt problems and become free of debt. We can help you pay off your debt and give you one lower monthly payment that you can afford. You do get to consolidate your payments. You only have to worry about making one payment a month instead of making three or four or five. If you have $5,000, $10,000 or more in credit card bills, call the Debt Helpline now for a free confidential debt analysis. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. Call the CESI Debt Helpline right now for a free confidential debt review. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Question for you, Bruce. Which three Major League Baseball players hit the most home runs during the decade of the 1990s? I'm going to guess Barry Bonds, Ken Griffey Jr., and either Mark McGuire or Sammy Sosa. You got a okay. You've got two. You got two of them. Two of them, correct? Bonds, a, a, Bonds, Griffey Jr., Griffey Jr., and, and McGuire. Yes. Okay. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember Sosa had kind of a surge. Yeah. Uh, later in the in the nineties, but uh, that was you know nineteen ninety eight. Even though those guys were using steroids, that was really how the game of baseball was saved. That great yeah. uh, home run chase with those two players, and yeah. that was a Roger Maris. Uh, th- I remember that. Yeah, it was, it was, it was yeah. wonderful. And the Yankees, of course, won the World Series again that year. Um, beat the San Diego Padres. They had a great team. There were a lot of great stories that year. But the but the McGuire Sosa home run chase. Just electrified the nation and captivated the baseball well, world. Well, it was great because they were both hitting a lot of home runs. Yeah. And, and the sad thing for Sammy is he also beat the record. Yes. But it, it doesn't matter because someone else beat the record and beat you, uh, too. I was in St. Louis for a Giants series. He had four home runs, Mark Wire did, in that series. And I remember one of them tied the game up in the ninth inning. So uh, some dramatic home runs as well. Wow. All right. We're going to cut out for today. Here's our thoughts for the day. It's important that your inside character is bigger than your outside persona. Mm. A sports car with a lawnmower engine won't work. (laughs) You think? (laughs) And every game is an opportunity to measure yourself against your own potential. There you go. I I always like to come out with these good ones for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very thought-provoking. Who said that? You know, Mr. Anonymous. He says says a lot of things, Mr. Anonymous. All right, all right. All right. Tune in. Tune in next week to Sports Econ <laughs> 101. We're going to be discussing sports topics from a business perspective and giving away more free vacations for answering sports trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm your host, Edward Brown. We'll see you next week. Good night, America. So long.